right? This is a time that we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We talk about the angels, the shepherds, the wise men, and the three gifts for a king. When we talk about Jesus, we talk a lot about the beginning, right? The story of Christmas. And then we talk a lot about the 30 years, uh, when he was 30 years old in his ministry. And then we talk about the death and we talk about the resurrection. But we don't know a lot about his childhood and who he was as a kid. But Luke chapter 2 gives us some real insight on this subject. And that's where we're going to be this morning if you go ahead and turn there. Luke chapter 2. It's a pretty cool story that we're going to look at this morning, and it's not in there on accident. So we're going to read 12 verses. And uh, so follow along with me. And uh, let's look at this historical account and let it spark our imagination. Picture these people, what they looked like, how they felt. So Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. It's talking about Jesus here. It says, and the child grew. And became strong, filled with wisdom. And the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were turning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Have you ever been lost before? If you're a man in the room, the correct answer is no, <laughs> never. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to go. My parents, when I was about five or six, lost me at a fair. And there's big hot air balloons, I remember. Uh, watching them. I wandered around for a little while looking for them. I don't even know if they were looking for me, obviously. Uh, they just might have just left me behind. But So eventually some workers took me to this help desk and uh, they announced over the loudspeaker for my parents to come and find me. But the only problem is they looked on the inside of my jacket and uh, that's what they thought my last name was. So they announced over the loudspeaker, Mr. and Mrs. Columbia will come to the help desk. We have your child here. Uh, if you come and pick them up. But how many of you have ever lost track of a child? It's a scary thing. There was one time at our old house that Noah, about two years old, had gotten out of the house by himself. And there was a road up there. It was a scary time. So I ran around the house looking for him, and I couldn't find him. But lo and behold, he was also running around the house at the same time. And he was just on the opposite side of the house as I'm running around. 
it's a big deal when you lose a child. Imagine those terrible feelings of just panic, not being able to find them, let alone if something actually bad had happened. Well, Mary and Joseph experienced these feelings in this verses here. Jesus was a boy only 12 years old, and Mary and Joseph had traveled to Jerusalem to pay their taxes. That's a 70-mile journey from Nazareth to Jerusalem, and they couldn't find him. They didn't know where he was. Everyone had to make that journey from that city. So imagine this huge convoy of family and friends. On the way back from that trip, they lost track of Jesus, and they didn't realize that he was even gone for an entire day. Verse 43 says, when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents did not know it. It's kind of like a home alone situation, right? You know, and I don't think Jesus was setting up booby tracks for you know, anybody or putting aftershave on. But he was by himself. He was lost. Go watch Home Alone. Come on. Jeez, don't act like you're all pious religious people. You know what I'm talking about. But imagine that, right? Imagine what's going through these parents' head. They begin to frantically search for him among the people they were traveling with. And this is like hundreds and hundreds of people. So they hadn't even noticed he was gone for a day. Then they searched for him for a whole day, asking all these people, have you seen Jesus? But no one could find him. And then they made a day's journey back to Jerusalem. Now it's been three days since they had seen their son. And if you've ever lost track of a kid while you're babysitting or maybe working in the children's church, don't tell anybody about it, but uh, maybe you lost track, you know that that's a scary situation. I'm sure there was fear gripping Mary's heart. Had an animal got to him? Had someone taken him and stolen him and was going to put him into slavery? All kinds of just terrible things, I imagine, were running through their heads. So they got back to Jerusalem finally. And they head right to the church. And there was the child Jesus in the temple, in the midst of doctors and reverends and political leaders, doing what? Taking questions, right? Like all 12-year-old boys do, right? But not only were these people and these religious leaders asking questions of a 12-year-old boy, they were astonished at the answers that they were getting. And this is an amazing account of Jesus' life as a child. But the question I want to bring to the surface this morning is, where is Jesus? Mary and Joseph had somehow lost focus and, and, and track of their child. I'm sure one thought the other one had the kid and this one thought the, you know, vice versa. But they went a whole day's journey without even ever realizing that he wasn't with them. They knew he was different. They knew he was special. Angels announced his birth. They knew he was the Savior. So here's what I want to ask you this morning. Is how long does it take us to realize that Jesus isn't with us? How long does it take us to realize that we're not close like we used to be? And once we figure out that he isn't with us, do we search frantically until we find him, until we get close to him? You know where Jesus was and is and where he always is when we realize he isn't with us. 
He's about his father's business. Verse 49 said, how is it that you sought me? Know ye not that I must be about my father's business. See, Jesus wasn't the one that was lost. He was right there where he was supposed to be. And a good place to start looking for him is at the temple, right? At the church. And maybe that's why you're here today. Mary and Joseph realized that they needed Jesus. I mean, he was their child, right? This wasn't an option just to head back to the house. I mean, whatever. We lost the kid, all right. But do we feel like we need Jesus? Are we panicked when we realize that we're not close to him? Or are we okay without him until we get into a jam or a pickle? See, you need to know that waiting to start or fix a relationship with Jesus until you're in a hard time is like fixing your parachute on the way down. It's just plain dumb. Don't wait till you are in a situation where you can't be without him to start to build that relationship with him. You know, it's the Christmas season, and, and, and I'm sure you've noticed Sometimes we can get a little bit distracted, right? It's a little sad sometimes when Christmas is right around the bend and it's hard to find Jesus anywhere. It's kind of like one of those Where's Waldo books, right? Oh, is that Jesus behind uh, Frosty and Rudolph? Oh, no, that's just Santa Claus. Oh, maybe that's him over behind the Christmas balls and the tinsel. Oh, no, that's just Ebenezer Scrooge. All these things are fun. But don't let the other things associated with the Christmas season distract you. See, we need to do more than just read a 15-minute Christmas story on Christmas morning. You know, if I was Jesus, I'd be pretty upset if everybody else got Christmas presents and all that people did was talk about when I was born. See, this is the one time of the year that the whole entire country, think about this, celebrates the birth of Jesus the Messiah, the whole, the whole country does it. But we, the church, many times get so distracted. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that Santa Claus is the Antichrist or that wearing a Santa Claus hat is reason for church discipline. But I do believe, and I think you will agree, that there are too many distractions during this time of the year. Materialism, consumerism, selfishness, apathy about those in need. I was proud to hear this morning, someone came up and told me that uh, they had five people come and tell them about uh, the tsunami that happened on Saturday in Indonesia. They already had one about six months ago or so, and that was devastating, but they had another one just a couple days ago. And that's, that's awesome to me that during this time of the year, we've got some people that are focused on some other people outside of our sphere of right around us. But is that us? Are we thinking about those in need that are around us? You know the reason that Christmas is so important, and that is because of the cross. He was born to die upon Calvary, to free us from our sins, and that is why we celebrate. Our Savior is come. Joy to the world. But see, it's only joy to the world if we tell the world. It's only good news if we tell people. Otherwise, it's really bad news. If they die not knowing that Jesus paid the price for their sin and they don't need to pay that price. We need to tell the world. We need to show the world. We need to care about more than just that he was born, but what he says and what he loves and what he wants us to do and be. I'm not talking and trying to get you to go buy a bigger nativity set. 
That's not what I'm looking for. I'm not trying to encourage you to correct every person that says happy holidays. I'm talking about loving the things that Jesus loves. And Jesus loves people. Greg Holder said this. We hope that our celebration of the birth of our liberating king is less focused on what we spent and more about giving from a place of true worship. We're challenged to remember during this time of the year when it, with our Advent candle lightings. We focus on making Christmas count more than ever. And we've been following along with Advent conspiracy with these four things. Worship fully. Spend less. Give more. And love all. See, we want our Christmas to count for more than just a festive time of the year. This is our chance to show the world who Jesus is. We were challenged to remember that Christmas begins and ends with Jesus. He isn't part of the story. He is the story. And we must worship him fully and give him the praise that he deserves. We were challenged to spend less of our precious resources on materialism and support more things that are on the heart of God. We were challenged to give more, not larger gifts, but more of ourselves, being present and available to those around us, showing our love with our time and our attention. And lastly, we were challenged to love all, love others like Jesus did. And that sounds way easier than it is because Jesus wasn't superficial or self-centered with his love. He loved his enemies. He loved the unlovable. He loved the undesirable. Those people that uh, didn't ask for forgiveness, those people that didn't deserve forgiveness, he loved those people. And we should too. We want to be part of a different story this Christmas, one that celebrates our king and bring hope to a watching world. Won't you join us and say that this year is going to be different? Let's witness to someone this Christmas season. You know, it's the easiest time of the year to do it. You say, oh yeah, you know, Christmas, you know what that's all about, right? There, you're in already, talking about Jesus. Let's tell the world why we celebrate Christmas. Tell them that it's been hijacked and point them toward Jesus. Where is Jesus? Is he with you? Do you care if he's not? Are you looking for him? Well, he's right where he's always been. We're the ones that lost focus. Let's go find Jesus. Every head's bowed and eyes closed. A time of reflection. A time to think on these things. We just got a couple days left. Where has Jesus fit in to this Christmas season for your family, for you? It's kind of funny even to say the words fit in because he is it. It's all about Jesus. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe you just need to refocus this morning. Maybe you need to take a minute, take a breath, and remember what Christ has done for us. Band's going to play quietly. You take a moment to pause, to download this message into your heart. 
The altar down here is open if you feel called to come and you could pray in your seat as well. Just take a minute.